welcome to the Path 11 podcast. In this episode today, we're going to be speaking about chiropractic care with Dr. Michael Quattaro, who has been a chiropractic wellness practitioner in Saratoga since 1993. He's a CEO and founder of AAC Family Wellness Centers, a Milton Family and Pediatric Wellness Center. He's a member of the New York State Chiropractic Council, International Chiropractic Council, International Pediatric Chiropractic Council, and World Chiropractic Alliance. We'd like to welcome Dr. Q to our show. Hi, April. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining the call. And today's call, we're going to be speaking to Dr. Q about chiropractic care. And even though a couple of our past web um, podcasts that we've done on acupuncture and acupuncture with animals, and now this podcast is a little bit different than some of the other podcasts and people that we interview, but we find that overall wellness and taking care of our bodies in the here and now is also a really important aspect of healing. So we're hoping to educate all of you a little bit more about what chiropractic care is. And I bet that there's some of you out there that maybe have never even been to a chiropractor. So Dr. Q is going to kind of take us, is going to take us through what chiropractic care really is wellness behind it, how people can heal their bodies by going to a doctor and getting some adjustments. And uh, I know, Dr. Q, you actually have a pretty interesting story about how you came to become a chiropractor. So I'd like you to kind of share with our audience your personal story first before we get into some more questions about chiropractic care itself. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, my story is is uh, pretty interesting, probably to your listeners. Um, if you If you ask the Average person on the street, probably 75% of them would say, you know, why do you go to a chiropractor? You have some kind of pain, your back hurts, your neck hurts, you have a headache, you have some kind of complaint. Um, my situation it was a little different. I, I never had any kind of back complaint. I didn't have any pain uh, that you would associate uh, seeing a chiropractor for. So uh, if everybody could remember listening that uh, go back to elementary school and remember that kind of snotty-nosed mouth breather kid that sat behind you and he was always at the doctor and his you know, bags under his eyes and coughing and hacking and sneezing. And everybody had that in elementary school, that, that kind of kid. Um, not to brag, but I, but I was that kid. And uh, <laughs> it was so common to me going back to that time. It was just natural to me because it was I was always sick. If I didn't have an ear infection or strep throat, um, sinus infection, I had pink eyes. If I didn't have those big three things, I always had pink eye somewhere in there a couple times a month. So I was always at the doctor. I I remember the doctor very well. And um, I do remember specifically the one time uh, that I went to the doctor. Uh, My parents were just kind of frustrated because I was in and out and taking antibiotics and all these other things. That they, I remember when they did the needle test, you know, they test you for uh, allergies. So I had a million needles and things like that and little pricks on your arms. And uh, it was just kind of like eureka moment. The doctor came out and he said, uh, good news. We found what's wrong with your son. Uh, he has allergies. And that's why he's sick all the time. He's allergic to grass, pollen, dust, mold, cats, and dogs. And, uh, and that's, uh, as you can imagine, that's a little rough because that's everything. <laughs> Right, quite the list. Right, being alive basically is what I was allergic to, and uh, but the doctor, you know, kind of gave gave hope. He said, "But don't worry. Uh, all we need to do is we need to treat your son's allergies with allergy shots, and as long as we treat his allergies with allergy shots, then he'll be great and everything will be better. And that's what we got to do. So every week uh, from seven 
to 17 years old every single week, every Wednesday actually. I got uh, I got an allergy shot. They would alternate arms. I remember one time we were in uh, Florida, went to Disney World, and uh, it was over a Wednesday. So I remember. I don't know why I remember that. Well, I, I'll tell you why I remember it actually. I went to. I had to go to the hospital because that's uh, where they called the script into, and I was sitting in the hallway next to my father. Um, my father is a welder. This is going to come into play in just a moment. He's a welder, so just big welder guy sitting next to his little son and. The nurse comes over with the script, and I was almost instantaneously. She she put the needle in my arm to give me the injection. Those of you who had injections or seen it, it's a pretty quick process. She pushes it in my arm, and like the place erupted, like weep weep, and you know bells and whistles and stuff like that. So I'm assuming it was some kind of like somebody's having a heart attack or some kind of emergency situation. And the nurse looks to my father and said. Grab this and push this in slowly. I'll be right back. Boom. <laughs> so she gives the needle to the welder, um, which I really wouldn't recommend that now that I'm older. And my dad doesn't know anything what to do, obviously. And so he's pushing it really slow, like really, really, because he doesn't know what to do. So he's pushing it really. I'm sure he was scared to pull it out. So he's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. That, if you don't, like, again, if you ever got a shot, that's not the most comfortable thing in the world. So the nurse comes back and starts yelling at my father, you need to push that all the way in. And she grabs it out of my dad's hand and pulls the needle. I'm crying. Obviously, I'm probably eight or nine years old. I had a big welt. I remember having a big like knot where the needle went in. So I kind of grew up with this just sick drugs, kind of that that's how it was. And it was very natural to me. It was really very normal. Um, when I was about 17, 16 or 17, um, I, I just got to the end. Like I remember going to my parents, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want any more needles. I don't want to get any more shots. And I also remember uh, saying, because uh, my my father was kind of on my side, I go, and I'm not any better, mom. Like I still, like I can't breathe through my nose, literally couldn't breathe through my nose ever, for forever. Um, I'd still get sick. I had mono, the pink eye thing was very frequent still. And my father said, yeah, you know, he's, he is still sick all the time and he's still getting these shots. So just to speed the story up, it's kind of interesting, but I, I made my way to a chiropractor. Now, now one of the reasons why I do things like this and I, I speak a lot in, in the community is when I first even saw the word chiropractor, I didn't, I never saw that word. Now I was 17 and this was 1985 or six, but it just wasn't in the culture. And I literally had, I had no it was good and bad. I didn't have any preconceived notions, like some people listening, like chiropractor back, headache, neck. I had nothing. My parents wasn't in their world, so they didn't know. They knew it was a doctor, and on her ad, she said she can help people with allergies and and um, and uh, it was like a list: uh, headaches, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, allergies, asthma, bowel problems, like a big long list. And on the bottom of her ad, it said, uh, you know, for, for free information call. We called. We went to a little night where she talked about chiropractic care and how that works. And um, once again, just to speed up the story, I, I will never forget my first adjustment. It kind of is why I became a chiropractor. She laid me down on the table. She uh, found I had a, a, a problem in the upper part of my neck, subluxation in the pop, upper part of my neck, which is blocking um, nerve activity, nerve function to my sinuses, as she said. And, and once again, we don't know anything. So we went, okay, that logical. She laid me down. She, she adjusted that second bone and instantly, I mean, instantly my head let go of this 
brown, yellow, just, I mean, so instant April and you've been adjusted. Like I got off the table cause I was gagging. So I, I she, she adjusted my neck and I like, <laughs> and I got right off the table and I had to kind of clean myself up a little bit. And then I took a deep breath and I, and I could breathe through my nose and that might not seem like a, you know, a big deal. But if you just never did that, like literally never, you know, had took a breath through your nose for about four or five hours, I was breathing through my nose. It was like, it was a miracle. Truly. It was like a miracle, life-changing experience for me. And, uh, it was actually right then. It was a pretty clear too. It was right then. I'm like, I'm going to be a chiropractor. This is pretty neat. And hmm. that's why I became a chiropractor. Yeah. Awesome. Great story. And you know, it's like, how could you not believe in that when you have that significant of an experience happening and a life-changing event really for you at that moment to be able to breathe? <laughs> So. It was it was literally like just like that, and I wish it, you know my daughter now this is you know getting ready to go to college, and I wish everybody could have that experience. Like, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to mm-hmm. do that, whatever that may be, and that uh, that was it for me. Yeah. Now I was curious to know just a little bit more about the history of chiropractic care because I remember too when I was younger and kind of hearing about a chiropractor and you would hear adults talk about them it was almost very taboo and you know oh, I don't know if you want to go and do that and just the whole thought of somebody you know adjusting your spine and you know quote-unquote cracking your neck and stuff like that but how did chiropractic care actually come to be how was it founded how did people just kind of realize that you could do this and manipulate the body and get these types of results that's a that's a great question. Interesting story. Um, back in the 1800s, mid to late 1800s, there were really kind of three, um, even early 1900s. There was kind of a, a two schools of thought. There was allopathic care, and then there was this other type of care, magnetic healers. You could say there were osteopaths, there were chiropractors, kind of in the mix, and people really didn't have necessary. Depending on where you lived, uh, and who, who you know who your doctor was. Um, so if you go before that, you go into about 1880, 1890, uh, there was a magnetic healer in Davenport, Iowa. His name was Dr. D.D. Palmer. And, um, he would see people for a, a, a variety of different ailments. He was very schooled in, in, um, uh, Hippocrates, which did a lot of things with the spine. It was a, actually a quote from Hippocrates, look to the spine for the cause of disease, that's a, literally a quote from him. And so so uh, a janitor came to him once, the janitor in his building. His name was Harvey Lillard. He um, was cleaning up outside the, the uh, hallway there, as the story goes. And Harvey, everybody knew in the building, Harvey was deaf. He was deaf in his right ear. And so he kind of had to speak loudly to Harvey. And so he's passing Dr. Palmer's office, and uh, they got to talking about you know, what started this, this, you know, was he always deaf? How did, how did he become deaf? And, uh, his story was that Harvey was, um, cleaning one day. He bent over to pick up the bucket uh, of, of water so he can, you know, mop. And, um, he heard a pop in his neck, upper back area. And instantly he lost hearing in his right ear. And ever since then he couldn't hear. And so Dr. Palmer thought that was an interesting story. He goes, do you mind if I examine you? So he, Laid him down and just it just happened to be what he was. Dr. Palmer was educating himself about had a lot to do with the spine at the time. And uh, back in the Egyptians used to rack the spine. That was something that is is they find in in writings of the Egyptians. Um, 
just a little side note, what they used to do is, to, if you read into that or, or Google that, they used to tie thatched like a twine around the, the ankles of people and they throw them off the roofs. And that was what they call racking the spine. And miraculously, they, they heal or sometimes they actually die. So, <laughs> well, kind of sounds like bungee jumping. Yeah, bungee jumping without the boing. Uh, right. It's a little more sophisticated than that. But, uh, <laughs> so, Dr. Palmer is examining Harvey and he finds a, a, a lump, swollen area on his neck and his upper back region there. And he tries to just manipulate, he notices it's not right, and he's kind of manipulating it and moving it. And, you know, days go on and days go on. And as the story goes and it's told, and written. Uh, one time he, you know, popped and, and moved this segment of his spine, and Harvey was startled, obviously, like like anybody would be. And uh, he said uh, he could hear the the horse horse carriages in the street after his after his manipulation. So that kind of started the like, wow, how did that happen? And and what's the mechanism? And that kind of started the study of chiropractic care. And uh, and that's when uh, Dr. Palmer started his school in Davenport, Iowa, 1895. And what would you say, like, for people maybe who have never been to a chiropractor, a chiropractor before? I mean, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of getting adjusted? How do adjustments kind of help people? And also maybe adding in there a little bit of the impo- about the importance of spinal health. Yeah, I think I think what's important to know about my, you know, to take away from my story and to take away from, you know, uh, Harvey Lillard's uh, Harvey Lillard's story and and uh, where chiropractic started from, it, it never started from any kind of uh, uh, pain, not necessarily even like a condition type of a treatment. If I could tell, if I could, you know, if my legacy could be one thing. If I could just teach people that, you know, we have. We have a dividing line. You know, we have allopathic care, treating um, conditions and diseases, symptoms with procedures or or drugs. I mean, we have that. We're pretty solid. We know what it is. It's clear to us. Um, but chiropractic isn't that. It's not allopathic care. It never was allopathic care. Uh, chiropractic care is the uh, is making sure that your body functions properly at all times because philosophically, as Dr. Palmer would say, your body just needs no interference. It knows what to do. It knows how to be healthy. So just to, to talk to the, to the novice or the person that's never been to a chiropractor, you know, we have a brain and that brain, the extension of that brain is your spinal cord. And your brain and your spinal cord, your central nervous system controls every single function in your entire body. And without proper connection between your brain and your spinal cord and your body, uh, things won't function well. And a chiropractor's job is to make sure that your spine isn't interfering between the connection between your brain and your body. Those vertebrae, the bones of your spine, can get out of alignment in such a way where they literally block nerve activity. And wherever those nerves go to, which could be your back, it could be your leg, it could be your sinuses, it could be your ear. It could be your heart, could be your lungs. Wherever the nerve goes, because that rear brain, which knows what to do all the time, that brain cannot communicate with that body part, and dysfunction happens, and, and conditions can arise. So, it, it's not more complicated than that. It's it's really that simple. Uh, it gets a little confusing because we grew up with allopathic care. We get it. 
we get I have a headache, we take a, an Advil, and the headache goes away. Like, we get it. That Advil didn't correct the cause of the problem. The, the Advil you know, just treated the symptom and left the cause uncorrected. And uh, a chiropractic philosophy is let, we need to start somewhere to get this body to function better. It doesn't mean, April, that we adjust you and you can still eat poorly and not exercise and, and have bad uh, stress management in your life. It, it's not one thing. It's everything. But we need to make sure that it's not – that's really what I want you know listeners to leave with. It's not just – Hey, get adjusted and, and you'll never get sick and you'll never have a disease and everything will be great. But it is it is the starting point. Uh, for instance, you can eat fantastic and you can exercise and you can have healthy thoughts. But if you have a block between your brain and your body, if you have a, a, a misalignment, a subluxation of your spine, which isn't allowing proper nerve function to get to your heart or your lungs or your liver or your legs or your arms, no matter what you eat, no matter how you think, no matter how you move, isn't going to clear that subluxation. It's not going to remove that interference between your brain and your body. And, and you'll be limited by that. Even though those other things are great and very important and need to be addressed, chiropractic care starts with removing the interference so your body can function the way it's meant to. And what would you say are some myths that you commonly hear about chiropractors? Oh, the first one, the one I hear all the time is once you see a chiropractor, you always got to see the chiropractor. And uh, I, I still don't understand it. I think maybe people think you uh, there's some kind of addiction. Um, I, I really, it's never been explained to me by another person what they mean when they say that. Um, this is what happens though. People that uh, are under chiropractic care for a length of time are now feeling relative to that new level of function. Like, hey, I I can move better now and I can think clearer and I I have more energy and, and so that I can breathe through my nose, take me for instance. And then when time goes on and they stop seeing the chiropractor for whatever reason that might be, they they now it's very obvious from this level of function that they were at when they're below that level of function they go like oh i don't i don't really like this i had one woman the other day said uh she came in she goes uh she went away for a couple of weeks she went on vacation and i said well, how'd you do over vacation she goes i did fine she goes i can just tell that i'm not right i go well what you know does anything bother you and she goes no no nothing bothers me i'm moving fine she goes i just don't feel like i usually feel and i can tell that i missed my adjustment so there's not an addiction. There's not any kind of anatomical like, oh, boy, you, you better keep seeing that chiropractor. Um, nothing's going to happen. You know, nothing's going to fall apart. But I will say that people do get accustomed to feeling well, and they want to continue to feel well. Uh, so that's, that's probably the biggest myth that I get frequently. Okay. And um, in your field, did it take a while for insurance companies to kind of validate this as real care and be willing to pay for this? Like I know, um, you know, acupuncturists have been trying for a long time to be able to get on to insurance panels and that recently is starting to change. And I'm just curious to know what type of, I don't want to say fight that maybe chiropractic care has had, um, you know, with medicine and insurance companies, but has there been any trouble with that in your field of work? Well, it's a, it's a great question. In, in most states, chiropractors covered by 
all insurance companies very widely accepted. We did kind of go through a fight. Uh, there was a, a battle with uh, Dr. Chester Wilk, uh, kind of a famous battle back in the 80s to kind of get us involved with insurance. Um, so in most states, and very, very accepted with insurance. There was some legal battles that we did years ago. New York is uh, something else. So New York, uh, the insurance lobbyists are pretty strong. So there, uh, we have coverage. We have lots of insurance. Most insurance companies cover, but the insurance companies have so much power that they there's a kind of a false sense of coverage. We have people that come in and they, you know, where we might charge forty three dollars for an adjustment. They, yeah, I have insurance coverage, and we call them. And they go, yep, we you have it. You got the coverage. You have a fifty dollar copay. Uh, you have a forty dollar copay. Like their copays are so close to what our fees are anyway that there's a false sense of, of coverage. Um, but one, what I'd like to comment on that, uh, and even with people that are acupuncturists maybe listening, you know, insurance is for allopathic care. And, and I would strongly advise against not putting all your eggs in that basket. You know, we're, we're acupuncture, massage therapists, chiropractic care reiki therapists you know that we're not allopathic care we're not conditioned care people and insurance is that it, it is gauged and it, it is created for conditioned disease care and uh, i'm not i'm not a fan of insurance care our, our office fees are set up so people can pay out of pocket and they'll be okay and it's it's not expensive and we have plans that we can do and we have families of five and six and seven that come in and they can afford to come in paying cash and not using their insurance so I'm, I'm a really I'm really a strong advocate for not uh, really even thinking about what we do keeping your body healthy and having some third party be responsible for for payment you're responsible for your health and and I like these health savings accounts um, they all of those cover chiropractic care I think that's fantastic but as far as that whole insurance and being in the insurance, um, not a big, not a big fan of that. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of, uh, you were mentioning families there. I'd also like you to talk a little bit more about chiropractic care in children, young children, maybe even, um, I don't even know how young a child can be, or if you can do chiropractic care on babies. But I remember sitting in on one of your wellness seminars and you gave a really great case study about a child who I guess the mom really didn't have a great delivery. There was some trauma in the delivery, and the yeah. child later on developed some ADHD and autism mm -hmm. and then had come to you and had some adjustments, and there was a lot of uh, reduction in symptoms with that. Okay. So That was yeah. uh, that was baby Kendall. Uh, Kendall, well, at the time, he wasn't when he first came in. Kendall was four, and um, the mom, it was a single mom situation. Kendall, when I first saw Kendall, he was diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, PDD. It was kind of the whole spectrum. Very violent uh, young young boy. Uh, six different medications he was taking. Six, six different ones, and he had to have a shot to uh, to go to sleep to bring him down. So his mother was doing this procedure, you know, for, for uh, about a year. And uh, her breaking point was uh, the doctors wanted to increase a dosage of one of the medications that Kendall was taking and the mother finally just kind of broke down and she just said I can't do this anymore this doesn't make sense I'm losing my child he's not any better um, so she brought him in to see us 
in our office, uh, we have um, technology that we can actually measure for nerve interference. We use two computer tests, an EMG and a, a digital thermography test, and that actually can pick up levels of subluxation if there's any um, nerve interference along the spine. And we did that with Kendall, and we found a massive, massive subluxation uh, block up at the first bone of his neck, C1. Uh, when we found out, we go through his history, we didn't have any, you know, falls, you didn't fall off the changing table, down the stairs, nothing like that. But but Kendall uh, was categorized as a traumatic birth uh, baby because he was delivered uh, by vacuum extraction where they placed the vacuum on the skull of the baby and kind of pulled him through the pelvic outlet. Very traumatic. And obviously, uh, you know, very traumatic to the cervical spine. So... Uh, knowing that, we kind of put two and two together because right out the gate, Kendall was a pretty rough baby, colicky, gassy, didn't sleep, you know, the whole nine yards. And um, we started to adjust Kendall and, and, and not for, once again, not for the purpose of treating ADD or PDD or autism, not treating the condition. Kendall, Kendall's body couldn't function well with a major subluxation in the upper part of his neck. When his mother asked me, well, do you think this will make him better? The only thing I could tell her is I know that he'll be better without that nerve interference. That's all I can tell you. I, I know it for certain that his body's going to function at a higher level without that massive nerve interference at the very, very brainstem level of his spine. So we started to take care of Kendall. We doing these tests. And, uh, about six months into it, actually, Kendall was off all of his medications, which was amazing with, with how he came in. And about a year later, um, he actually got released to go to regular kindergarten. He's just a regular kid now. This was back in 2008 or so. He's just a regular kid. He never, you know, he doesn't take any medication. He goes to school. He's just a little boy. Um, but that's it's a really good story to explain. You know, he could have had X Y Z disease or syndrome that wasn't being treated. We, we see babies. To answer your other question, we see a lot of infants in, in the in this in the office. The idea, different than than you may think about a chiropractor, um, the idea isn't to let them live with these subluxations and acquire conditions and symptoms. The idea is, and what a concept, why don't we get their spines to develop normally? So their normal is normal. Where me and you, April, you know, we grew up with the falls and the trips and the stumbles and the crashes and the bangs. And our spine developed around those traumas. Uh, wouldn't it be a better idea is if along the way we make sure that we keep the spine moving properly, keep the spine in proper alignment so there isn't any interference between the brain and the body, so there isn't any nerve interference. And then life goes on. And you're still going to have those traumas and falls, but the normal is is normal instead of abnormal. Right. And then so right there in the delivery room, I mean, basically, I can imagine, you know, the way that a a baby is kind of kept in that womb and just, you know, thinking of the baby all curled up is that's the intention to basically, you know, fix the spine right away when it when it comes out. Yeah. And sometimes you check these these children. And they're fine. You know, you don't have to adjust them at all. Sometimes they're, everything's mm -hmm. great. Um, when anybody that's listening, you know, had a seen a birth or, or has given birth, you know, there is a lot of head 
rotation, shoulder clearing as the baby goes through the birth canal. And there is a lot of, you know, stress on the spine. You're also dealing with a, a body that doesn't have a, a, a very good sense of of gravity, of pressure on it, because it's in it's in the it's in the womb. It's being cared for. It's you know in fluid. Um, so unfortunately, we do deliver uh, these days. You know, there's kind of like an expediency to being delivered, and there there is a lot of pulling and and clearing that shoulder manually and grabbing that arm and kind of giving that head just a little bit of a turn or a little pull. And these babies don't, and, and those of you seen, you know, babies when they're born, you see their heads, how they're kind of just flopping around and there's no muscle strength because they haven't had that, that weight bearing yet and that gravity. So, you know, oftentimes we have to do just a little adjustment in the, in the upper cervical spine. Sometimes we don't have to, but getting that ch- child checked throughout their life is, uh, is what we try to, uh, try to promote. Yeah. One, I wanted to ask about uh, technology and like the fu- future of chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. I, I've had a friend that's been going to uh, a chiropractor probably since about middle school. And now that they're an adult, they, they've gone back to the chiropractor, uh, a different one actually. And it's they've incorporated lasers, like I think they call it cold laser therapy. Mm-hmm. And is that something you do? In, um, that's, um, that's a great question. Uh, the, in, in in chiropractic, there are kind of a, there's a division. There is a there are chiropractors that deal still in a very allopathic way, very treatment orientated, injury orientated. Um, those are the chiropractors that are going to use laser therapy, which works very well. I used it for myself when I had a shoulder injury. Um, they'll use stimulation. They'll use ultrasound. They'll use physical therapy modalities um, to try to you know the the idea you know. Take care of that situation. Get them back on the field. Get them back into the game. Uh, and then there's there's wellness chiropractors that uh, such as us, uh, where we're dealing more with trying to if there are uh, problems in the spine to correct those problems in the spine to keep people healthy and, and, and talk to them about nutrition and exercise. And those so those if if we could use this analogy, those are the modalities that I use. I use nutrition. I use exercise. I use stretch management for my modalities. For a lifetime of, of health and wellness, so so there is that division. You know, there's chiropractors that deal with episodic care uh, that will use those those laser treatments and stim and whatnot, and there are wellness chiropractors. Uh, that's that is that is what we do. Uh, but Mike, what I wanted to mention about the laser therapy is, uh, you know, light therapy, uh, and you guys might be familiar with this. That's it's a that's a pretty big um, area right now. So it's not only cold laser now there's hot laser there's there's blue light therapy there's red light therapy and very good for injury type care but uh, in our office you know my modalities are are nutrition and exercise and yoga and stress management and uh, trying to keep that body well not just uh, not just treat the episode and what type of schooling do you guys go through to get your degree in this um, just like any uh, primary care physician, because that's what we are considered. So we have to have all of our pre-med, uh, and then we have to go to chiropractic college for four years, and then we have to do our internship. So it's very – actually, the credit hours um, are identical to any doctor, doctor of law, doctor of medicine, doctor of chiropractic. Um, we have a little more schooling with uh, radiography and x-ray imaging 
uh, because your standard GP, you know, they'll use that as a tool. So they have radiologists for the chiropractic field. We really don't, we don't, can't rely on radiologists. So we have to be trained a little bit more in, in actually reading films and MRIs and CAT scans because we use them on a daily basis. Um, the training kind of separates, you know, with they're learning more toxicology, pharmacology, drug treatment, and that's kind of when we start to do our, our uh, you know, actual adjustment training and, and uh, manipulation uh, training. Um, but very, you know, very, very mimics. We have to know if April comes in and I have to be able to diagnose her if she's got a kidney stone, does she have back pain, does she have, a, you know, other issues that I have to be able to recognize. So we're, we're all trained in that, that way. Okay. And what, what would you say is like your most passionate thing to talk about when it comes to chiropractic care? Like if you're out at a dinner party and, you know, people say, oh, so what do you do for a living? This, that, and the other thing. I mean, what is it that you really kind of love to hammer home? And what messages do you find yourself talking the most about when it comes to your profession? That's a great question. Probably, you know, probably the the sick care versus health care, you know, discussion, debate. I really I really feel passionate that people need to understand that. They I think they uh, some patients and some people I've been a chiropractor for 23 years. So I've seen a lot of people and, uh, um, you know, some people come in and they got they have that they have that idea that. Oh yeah, I understand. There's pro. I have to be proactive to stay healthy and to, to maintain myself. And they understand how chiropractic fits into that, uh, keeping their spine properly functioning for the rest of their life, whether it bothers them or not, because they recognize that their their brain and their nervous system controls everything. It lives in their spine, and and uh, they want they want to be healthy, and so they need to keep their spine healthy. Um, other people are very they're very reactive in their way of thinking about taking care of themselves, about taking care of their children. Um, and that can go across the board. Like, and, and we all know these people. You know, they're, they're sitting on the couch and they're feeding their kids you know, Doritos and, and two-liter bottles of soda and, and they're letting them play video games all day long. And, and, and then, oh, no, Johnny has diabetes or, oh, no, you know, he has ADD and he can't concentrate when he goes to school because the game's flashing in his, in his face all the time. You know, if I had to just, like I said earlier, if I get, when I leave this world, I just want to make sure I could, if I, if I got home the point, look at, we have sick care and we're great. The United States, we're, we're awesome at sick care. And then we have this other thing called healthcare and the other hand that you have to have in your life. And you know, in the United States, we're awful at that. And if we can just know that, that there's two different things that we need to take care of, I'm all for sick care when I need it. But I'm going to spend way more time in healthcare, so I don't, so I don't need it, and uh, and that's what I usually end up talking at at a party <laughs> or at a you know at, a, at an engagement is that uh, is that topic. Okay, great. And maybe before we wrap up, um, I know the story that you shared with us about baby Kendall—that was the name of the the child, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know that's just overall a great story because sometimes taking your child to go see a chiropractor may not be the first thing on your list. You know, if they're dealing with maybe symptoms that go along with PDD and ADHD, parents many times have reached a level of frustration and they're just trying to get the child's behavior under control. So, you know, the first person might be maybe the primary care physician and then a therapist to teach the child some anger management and coping skills. And then maybe a psychiatrist to get the child on some medications because, you know, they're too young to really implement some coping skills. 
So I think that that's really great for our listeners to hear. And I just wanted to know if maybe in the 20 some odd years that you've been doing this, do you have any other personal stories that you were even shocked at how well your chiropractic care really helped or changed a person's life? I, I do. It, it does have to do with, uh, thanks for asking that question. It does have to do with a, uh, uh, a, a pain situation though, but it's a great story. Uh, I was about two months out in, in school and uh, a woman comes in, a woman, let me scratch that. A woman was, was carried in by her mother and her sister uh, on both of her arms and her legs were dragging into the office and, uh, she came in. Her name was Anna. I'll never forget her ever. And uh, she came in, and I said, I "Did the intake form, Anna? You know what? You know what's going on?" And uh, she said, "Well, Doc, I've had eight back operations. I've had 84 spinal taps. I'm here today because I can't get any more spinal taps. Last time I had one, the needle broke off in my scar tissue in my lower back. And uh, I'm two months out of school. I don't know if I mentioned that." So, so I'm, you know, kind of uh, intimidated a little bit, you could say. You know, they mm-hmm. just look at her back, and it looks like a, a shotgun, you know, because the a, a, a spinal tap, big, you know, big needle, and it can leave a little, a little mark. So she had all these like marks, like pock marks on her back, and you can see the scars where she had all the surgeries. And uh, so I, she goes, "Do you think you can help me?" I'm like, Anna. And she brought her all her MRIs and X-rays, and I go, Anna. I, I don't know if I can help you, Anna, but I go, you know, if we find that you have subluxation in your spine, your and if I can correct those subluxations, your body will function better than it is right now. That's all I can tell you. And uh, she didn't really have any other options, so that's what she was there for. I saw her for about four weeks. Uh, I'll never forget her walking into the office all by herself, and she gave me a big hug, and she goes, Doc, I can't believe it. It's a miracle. I can walk, and, and – uh, over the weekend, I was playing a little volleyball. It, it like all these like stories she was telling me, and I just was like, like really taken back. Like, oh my goodness! And uh, about two weeks after that, Anna went on vacation. She goes, "I'm gonna go away on vacation." She went to the Bahamas or something like that. And she was so excited she could live her life again. And then I didn't see Anna for about six months, and I was like, "Man, I, just, I can't believe I just didn't get through to this one person." And poor Anna, and what's gonna happen? And and uh, she just didn't get it. And uh, Anna comes back in about six, seven months later. And she looked exactly the same. Mother on one side, sister on the other side, legs dragging, brought her in. I go, Anna, remember I told you we need to kind of keep up on that. It's not like it was just fixed. You have all these things. And she goes, oh, I know, Doc. I'm sorry. I just felt so good. And it just felt better. I, I thought it was all healed. And I once again went into similar like we were talking about. You know, it doesn't work that way, Anna. We have to kind of make sure that we you have, you have eight surgeries, Anna. You have 84 spinal taps. We have to keep your body moving well for the rest of your life so you can live as healthy as you do. I get it, Doc. I understand. And I saw her for about two or three weeks, got her on her feet, and she's playing volleyball again. And I never saw Anna again, ever, ever. Never saw her again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it was it's a good story. It's it's an amazing story if you were there and saw it. But it 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 uh, it is frustrating, and that's why I think my my passion has focused to uh, you know, just making sure that I can just explain the story, and some people will understand it, and some people will, will get the concept of sick care versus health care. Some people won't, and that's okay. And I'll I'll tell them again, and uh, and I won't stop. 
Well, awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speaking with us and our audience about chiropractic care. We know that this is a you know pretty important podcast for people to listen to. So we do thank you for your time. And would you like to let people know if they are in the New York region and if they would like to come and visit you or have an assessment where they can find you? Sure. We are in uh, Balsa Spa, New York, 402 Rowland Street. Uh, we have a great website, aacwellness.com. Uh, every Wednesday uh, at 6.15, we have uh, complimentary consultations where I basically talk about chiropractic care and, and what we do in the office. And it, uh, if it sounds like it's something that you'd be interested in, then we can set people up for exams after that. But I really like to explain our philosophy and our concepts like I did today before we get involved with patients. And, uh, and that's open to all your listeners. So if they're in the area, you can visit our website, aacwellness.com. And there's a little button there. You can click on that. Let us know you're coming uh, any Wednesday night, 6.15. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Q. You're welcome. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at com or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.